0: Welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my regular co-host and co-founder,
1: Liam. How are you, Liam? I'm going well, Tim. One last time for 2023, but that you and I sit down and have a chat about the Hawthorne AFLW program.
0: Absolutely. So as the clock is getting closer and closer to midnight at the end of 2023, we thought we'd sit down and have a look. Some of these uh, might overlap with some of the other episodes that we've done, but we think that there is certainly enough to talk about. So obviously before the season, Liam, we've got the re-signings that need to occur. Uh, Still waiting for that, which is quite a shock. I was hoping that we might have had a couple announced around the Christmas time as a nice little surprise, nice little Christmas gift for the Hawthorne AFLW fans and Hawthorne AFLW members. But alas, that was not the case.
1: Yeah, off the top of my head, I think there's twelve or thirteen players who we still need to formally announce the re-signings of, which would be very um appreciated, especially given that their contracts expire on December thirty-one. Obviously, we had a lot, of, we had a good spate of re-signings before last season, but obviously there was a designated window for that. There isn't now, but um, yeah, given that these player contracts expire on thirty-one December, it would be nice to see um, nice to see some announcements of. Some pretty important players, including, you know, Ananya McDonough, a Bridie Hipwell, a Charlotte Bascaran, Aileen Gilroy, Caitlin Ashmore. Um, we'd like to, I wouldn't mind seeing all their contracts being announced, but it's been a big year for the Hawks. Yeah,
0: it certainly has been. So before the season started, Liam, we obviously had the signings. Uh, we had the draft that took place and that was the mature age draft where we picked up Christy Stratton and also Matteo Breed. Uh, and then we had the VFLW season where the Box Hill Hawks were, were flying uh, quite nicely throughout the season. And unfortunately, weren't able to continue that uh, once the final started because the Hawthorne AFLW players obviously weren't able to play.
1: Yes, the AFLW crew got pulled after about round 10, I think, or round 9 or something like that. Obviously, because they had their preseason season. Um, yeah, but it was a really impressive season from the VFLW crew. Obviously, we covered it here. We had a couple of check-ins throughout the season. Doing that again. Um, you saw every week as well. I was doing the match reviews in various different hoodies in different locations of my room. Uh, one from the City Oval after lying to my family. Uh, now, the VFLW was it was a terrific season for Box Hill. Obviously, unlucky in the finals. Uh, Port Melbourne were far too good in the end for the competition, winning, running out premiers. We didn't play them in the finals. But, yeah, the VFLW was a terrific season. Uh, so I to quickly comment. We had the PSP, obviously. We don't really need to talk about Emily Bates and Greta Bodie. We signed them this year. It's hard to believe that was still this year, but it was. Um, spoiler, they're really good at football. Um, but what the value we got out of a mature age draft, I, I still look back and think, Mattia Breed and Christy Stratton. Um, I don't mean, you know. I think that's superb value out of a draft that was regarded basically as being just top up on need here and there. Clubs weren't required to take picks. I think we did exceptionally well out of that draft.
0: Oh, absolutely. We saw Mateo Breed able to play uh, um, multiple different positions throughout the year and and looked very comfortable in those, be it a small pinch-hitting Ruck, uh, who was able to use that volleyball spike, getting the ball going forward. And then we had Christy Stratton, who showed absolutely enormous class uh, through that midfield as that small forward who was able to, not only put pressure on the opposition defenders, but able to kick goals. And we saw her kick some absolute beauties throughout the season as well.
1: Yeah, as a, as a team that still struggled to score, I mean, at the end of the day, we did rank 16th in points for um, her ability to hit the scoreboard is something that's going to be really valuable for, us for a couple of years. I think while we build out the rest of the squad, she's a mature head, been through a lot of trials and tribulations, but knows her way around the forward line. Knows can pinch it in, in the middle if needed, probably won't be needed to do that as much now with some of our recruits. But just as a second-round pick in a draft that was regarded as a stopgap, with no quote, quote-unquote new talent being available, uh, it's really hard to fault picking her up. As a, again, just a mature head around a group which next year, mate, is going to have an average age not far off your school classroom.
0: That's exactly right, and it's when you look at it that way, and you think we've got you know, two seasons worth of games into some of these young players who yeah. are very classy indeed after two seasons. You go, well, what are they going to be like with another preseason under the belt, which would mean they'll have had two and a half preseasons. Yeah. And then you go, wait until 2025. And then you start seeing, I guess, this momentum, this wave that's coming and certainly very much looking forward to that. And then if we, we look throughout the season, you know, obviously, we only had the ten games because the AFL still aren't able to give us what most fans would like to see, and that's you know playing each team once. If we're talking about fairness, if we're talking yeah. about having a competition that's you know valid and such, everyone should play each other at least once in the yeah. lead-up, you know, to finals, and and that's not what we see. Uh, you know, we see teams who get soft draws like the Swans did this year. And we see teams who have trickier draws and tougher draws and think, well... Like the Bulldogs. Like the Bulldogs. It's not exactly fair in terms of uh, the way that the season's structured. But, you know, in terms of what we saw, we saw the rise of some of these younger players who really put their hand up and said, I'm here. And, you know, if you you don't know who I am now, wait until you, you know, 2024, 2025. Like, for me, Mackenzie Eadley. Yeah. Last year... Showed great, you know, some, some great signs. And then you look this year and you go, phenomenal. Like an extra preseason under the belt and was able to do some great things. Jenna Richardson missed the first half of last year, gets a full season under a belt and you go, wow. Like incredible in terms of what she was able to produce. And then being able to see the likes of, you know, your Emily Bates and your Greta Bodies, who come from yeah. a team that's won premierships. And want to come to a you know a relatively young team, relatively inexperienced team, and you go, wow, like we really are starting to become this destination club.
1: Yeah, and look, it's going to need time. I think one thing we've learnt this year is it's going to need time. But you can see Geelong have shown this really well. They, you can build something, and you, it'll eventually all click. The two, the names you've mentioned, hundred percent spot on. The name I really want to add to that is Laura Elliot who, especially in the first half of the season, showed unbelievable growth and development. I think she got a bit tired towards the end of the season, which is fine. But she was exceptional down back as well. We're really building a pretty impressive back line, to be honest. Probably need one more maybe Emily everest size key defender down there. But it's a really strong-looking backline. that's going to get a bit of help now with you know Laura Stone and Michaela Williamson probably to spend a bit of time down there at the start of their careers. And maybe, you know, we might see Caitlin Ashmore rolling down there a bit more. Aileen Gilroy was exceptional when she rolled back into defence this year. But it was just, you're right, the growth and development, I love seeing it. Emily Bates, Greta Bodie, we know how valuable they are for that growth and development, not to mention their on-field exploits. But, you know, Jenna Richardson, much more consistent this year when she wasn't playing on, on your Tye, she was exceptional. Um, maybe don't put her on players half a foot tall than her new coach. That That's another discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you're a teacher. I've worked in education for a long time as well. The growth and development is something I love looking out for. And I know you're the same. It's just so good seeing this young group growing together. And I think you're right. 2025, I reckon is going to be a big year where the team could really, really explode onto the scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Then if we look at some things we learned, well, you know, we added these classy players into the squad and we wondered, how is it all going to work? Uh, Is there going to be some teething issues? And we saw some teething issues in terms of the way that the midfield uh, was able to to work together at times. Because there was some, I guess, lack of cohesion early on in the season when they were still trying to learn which roles they were going to play and how they were going to complement each other to the best of their ability. But I think some things that we learned is how phenomenal we can look when we get the ball into that forward line. And we play that run and gun game from the back, you know, from that defensive half because we saw some incredible team goals. I think both of them came uh, in the game against Richmond in Cairns. You know, this we're playing in atrocious conditions and we saw these two absolutely fantastic goals. What's something else that we learned? When we're up against, you know, some tough conditions and we're in games where, you know, we're on the road, Ballarat against the dogs who'd played in the finals the the year previously. Now, yes, the dogs had injury concerns and all the rest of it, but in round three, the injury concerns weren't as bad as they were by the end of the season. We go on the road to Ballarat, relatively inexperienced team, and we knock them off and you go, yeah. wow, fantastic. What else did we learn? We can match it with the best. Yeah. Brisbane, match it with them. You know, one stage there, it looked like we were going to take the four points. We we're going to get the chocolates. Fortunately, we weren't able to hold on against the demons. The contrast between the preseason game against the D's and the regular season game, and the growth you know in those sort of six to seven weeks between the the two games that we played them, and you go, what are we learning? This team is growing before our eyes, and they're yeah. knocking down. They're going to be knocking the door down for finals before 2025. I know I pegged them this year, Liam, and I said I had them getting five or six wins, and Based on effort, we were, I wasn't too far off, but I reckon we we are going to continue to see some of these things happening, and that's what I learned this year.
1: Yeah, Um look, we we did learn a lot. I think we also learned uh, the value of pre seasons as well, because I think there were a couple of games where we just faded out an individual player as well a bit a bit later in games. It did tend to I did notice that a fair bit. Yeah, Brisbane's a prime example. Obviously, they're probably the biggest team in the competition. But you know, a lot of pre seasons, very good, very good team for a reason. But yeah, we showed. I learned as well that we've got, we've got the nucleus of a very high end team. In a few years' time, and we just need to work out some of the ancillary pieces around that, and maybe and a couple more, pretty important roles to fill as well. But we're really, I, I agree, we are really building something. Uh, and something else I learned as well, is Anya McDonough is ready to explode as a key forward in this competition. Yes, she's a little bit older than people think. She turns 26 next year, but she is a terrific player. And now with the addition of a couple of players who could be a real focal point in a forward line, especially Jess Vukic and especially Sophie Butterworth, Uh, if Anya McDonough starts being able to use her athleticism a bit more as well as her size and unorthodox but effective goal-kicking style, um, she could explode as one of the top forwards in this competition. Um, she is, I, I learned this year, she is ruthlessly efficient as a forward when she gets a full opportunity to apply her trade in a preseason or in-season. And she is someone we could really work to build a forward line around, especially if there's a focal point deep and she can just roam around and, out, and outwork opponents.
0: Yeah, look, very much looking forward to seeing the uh, the continued growth of Anya McDonough next year and As you said, that forward line, there uh, It's going to be some fireworks next year to see who's going to get in to that forward line. We know that obviously there's only five players uh, going through the forward line at each time, and obviously we might have one or two on the bench who can roll through that forward line. But, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. In terms of players who caught the eye most this year, I loved uh, Smithy. I love Tamara Smith. This year went for – last year, sorry, was playing as that inside mid, tough as nails, tough as boots. We know all the superlatives that you can say about Tamara Smith. And then we utilized her as a, a small defensive player who was able to pressure opposition forwards, was able to defend, was able to harass, and did not look out of place whatsoever. So absolutely caught the eye for mine in terms of what she was able to do. And the other player who uh, who caught the eye is Bridie Hipwell. We yeah. had to come on the podcast. We had a talking, you know, we, we got to chat with her, and she was saying about how she was starting to believe. And we saw these glimpses, and you went, Yeah, you should be believing because if you're able to do this week in and week out, you're going to take the AFLW by the scruff of the neck and you know, ragdoll it basically and say, I belong here. This is what I can do.
1: Yeah. Watching her, I don't know if you felt this about. Well. She feels like a player who just, I was just thinking one more preseason and you're going to explode like that. That's what I felt watching Bridie Hipple. I don't know if you felt the same. Um, I loved watching Smithy in defense as well. She is just, I mean, she is just toughness personified uh, and somebody caught my eye as well. We talked about it a bit, so we're not going to go into it too much here. Mackenzie Eadley, just the defense, like her one-on-one defending really picked up this year. I think uh, Taylor Harris, was trapped in her pocket for half a game until she went off with a concussion. Um, we Again, Mackenzie, we really hope there's no long-term ramifications of that for you. But yeah, just Mackenzie Eadley's one-on-one defending. Again, we've talked about defenders a lot on this podcast, but they need some love from time to time. And Max certainly caught the eye. And a player who probably didn't catch the eye, but just did a job every week, Jenna Richardson as well. You, you can't really not talk about her just... She's the kind of player you turn up and if you're doing a player ratings, you just put seven in your book and you're very rarely going to deviate far from that either way.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we know there's a lot of positives in terms of the Hawthorne AFLW team from what we saw during this season through season eight. And we can only imagine what it's going to be like next year when we get this a bit is, more. And this
1: is me being and this is me being positive as well. Tim, you could find positives in being hit <laughs> by a bus. But, um...
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, any other reflections you had,
1: Liam, about the season? Not a lot off the top of my head, but just just how exciting this group is, even if it needs maybe another one or two years to really click in some ways, and especially with just being able to run out those longer games now. But, I mean, you look at the list, it's really young. Yeah, you know, we've turned over a lot of experience we'll talk about in a minute. But it's a list that's really young, needs a bit of time still, because, I mean, there's a lot of... Good young talent around the league. Uh, Melbourne just quietly put together a forward line which should be illegal, but that's another story for maybe a Melbourne podcast. But yeah, just just how much talent this we're assembling as a group, and it may just take a year or two to, to find to fit all the pieces together and let it develop and click. But when it does, look out.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely look out. In terms of the competition, because the Hawthorne AFLW juggernaut has just started rolling, it's going to be very difficult to uh, to stop. It's going to be like a runaway train, Liam. I'm not sure if you ever seen. There was a movie uh, about a runaway train with Denzel Washington. I reckon that's what our AFLW team is going to be like over the next few years. That caught my eye was, uh, you know, the bunnies that we have, the Swans in Port Adelaide. And uh, AFL, if you're listening, when the draw comes out next year, be it 10 games, 11 games, 12 games, depending on what – uh well, it just depends, Liam, on what magic formula they want to use. Because let's be honest It's, in,
1: it's yeah. 11. It's in the NBA.
0: Oh, beautiful. I was going to say, you never know, Liam. They might change it. They are very good at this.
1: Yeah, but it's, in, it's contractually in writing. It's 11 unless they decide to up it.
0: Well, look, hopefully they up it. But if they do up it, hopefully uh, two of those games will be against the – uh the Port Adelaide power and against the Sydney Swans because they have become our bunnies. And while they've come into the competition at the same time as us and while the Swans did make the finals, uh, we've had the better of them in the past two years and it'd be nice to play against them. And the other thing that caught my eye is a uh, slow start to the season and then starting to put together a few games where we look great. And I guess that runner games that we're able to get uh, because yeah, that's something that we we've done the past two years.
1: Yeah, and again, we've also looked a little tired towards the end of season as well. Again, it's just time. It's just, you know, as you said, we've done one and a half pre-seasons. It's just getting more of them in. It's just getting those miles in the legs, getting this group to, you know, come together a bit. And the talent is unbelievable. Just a little bit more time and it's going places in a big way. I mean, and this year has really shown that. I mean, we're reflecting on the year and we keep talking about the future. Like that's just how excited we are about this group.
0: Yeah, definitely exciting times. Then we moved to the postseason. Obviously, we farewelled our foundation stars. And while it's sad to see them you know, heading off to different areas in terms of their life, be it through coaching or uh, moving away from footy in general, you know, they did a tremendous job of being part of our team. You know, All those players uh, who are our foundation players have now moved on, be retiring or, or moving elsewhere in terms of, uh, their careers, you know, it's, it's great to have had them play at Hawthorne. It's great for them to have been part of setting up the culture because you have to have those experienced players there to set up the standards and set up the culture. And they've done a tremendous job in terms of that.
1: Yeah, look, seven players who are on our foundation list, we've farewelled, six of whom played in our first ever game. Um, At the end of the day, those seven people are forever part of the Hawthorne Football Club. They have forever been part of the, among the first 30 players to represent Hawthorne in the women's competition at the elite level. Six of them played in that first ever game. That's something no one will ever take away from any of them. So obviously, we've talked about them a bit. So we don't want to go too much into it here. But yeah, it's it's hard to see them go. Like it does, it's also a harsh reminder of how small lists are. But um seven people have made outstanding contributions to Hawthorne. We wish them nothing but the best in their lives post-footy. But it also as we farewelled seven foundation players. We've welcomed a fair bit of new talent, and we've talked about that a bit. Uh, the VFLW was a real introduction to Jess Vukic, Hayley McLaughlin, and the name you'll, you'll be sick of me mentioning probably, Laura Stone. But um, yeah, just so much new talent's come in. Obviously, Casey Sheriff and Eliza West from Melbourne as well. Some more experienced talent, even though they're both only 26, 27. And then the draft with Michaela Williamson and Sophie Butterworth, two unbelievably talented bargains.
0: Yeah, some great additions coming into the team. There's going to be competition for spots oh, yeah. next year, and that's that's going to be great to see because you don't want to be playing those scratch matches with you know three or four other teams. And I think a lot of these players that we've now got in are certainly going to be putting you know, forth their best foot throughout uh, the VFLW season, which starts very very soon, uh, and also through the preseason. You know, really putting their hand up to to play in that round one. And speaking of the VFLW, Liam obviously got some great player retention. Tam Luke. Has, uh, has come back to the fold, you know, which is fantastic. I think it's wonderful. Weren't
1: ready to say goodbye.
0: <laughs> I think it was wonderful. The big show uh, did a tremendous job to come back from her knee reconstruction and was able to play a few games the first of this season and will look great uh, in the VFL competition, VFLW competition uh, next year. And that begins on the 23rd and 24th of March.
1: Uh, yes, I'll almost certainly be in Melbourne that weekend and the weekend and the Easter weekend after that as well. So we'll have some probably at-the-game coverage for the first couple of rounds of the season before it returns to Liam Canberra Studios. But um, I can't wait for the VFLW. It's a nice little way of tidying us over to over the far too long off-season. Uh, we should see plenty of AFLW talent as well in the VFLW from what I'm hearing. But uh, yeah, we've had good player retention. The likes of Nadia Vomberto, Ms. Kendall, are all sticking around. So I can't wait for the VFLW. But as we get towards the end of this team, I just want to quickly pose one question to you of the returning players and the new crop, which AFLW players you really keen to see next season?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Matea Breed, just based on on what Mattia Breed was able to do this year, offer one preseason coming in as a mature age person. I I think the world's her oyster. You know, she played a, a, variety of different roles throughout the season. I'm really forward to seeing what she's able to do because the aggression, the toughness that she has, I absolutely love uh, the way that she goes about a footy. So for, for mine, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. What about you, yeah. Liam? Who have you got?
1: Uh, for me, of the new players, it's Laura Stone. I mean, it's it's a bit cliche, but I've talked about her a lot. She's just something special. Uh, those watching our socials, you'll probably see at the moment, I'm currently watching a lot of vision of our five younger players and i'm trying to put up some little clips here and there uh completely just recording off the television using my phone to what i've casted onto the tv but there is some serious talent coming through and laura stone is probably the pick of that even though there's some competition from all the others and of the existing crop i really want to see the development of bridie hipwell again like i said earlier she is a pre-season away from exploding as far as I'm concerned. And if Sophie Butterworth gets some game time down there as well and becomes a real focal point, Brighty Hipwell and Anya McDonough could just have an absolute field day using their athleticism up and down the ground.
0: Yeah, that certainly will be interesting to see. And I think those two players you mentioned, going to be great to see. And uh, Lucy Wales, if you're listening to this, I do apologize that Liam wasn't talking about how wonderful he thinks you're going to be in season nine. That's a given, surely. Well, it wasn't mentioned, so I just thought we had to put it in there just in case. Uh, then we've got some reflections from uh, Adam and Brian.
1: Uh Yeah, so Adam just said, yeah, almost too many highlights to mention. He loved how we were competitive in every game. Yes, agreed. Looking like we could beat Brisbane. Yep. And now talent coming to help us get to the top. So, Adam, you've pretty much summed up this whole episode in 240 characters. So, thank you for that. Or 280 characters. <laughs> uh, as well as a real highlight being Emily Bates getting to 75 games. And Braden, although it looks like we stood pat, with the record being the same, we we pointed out earlier, we didn't have much harder draw. Uh, there were plenty of improvements. Yes, agreed. Talent coming in. Exciting times ahead. Uh, Adam and Braden have summed up half an hour in two tweets.
0: Yeah, they've done a tremendous job and being loyal followers and loyal listeners of Soaring to New Heights, and we certainly appreciate them. And speaking of listeners, Liam, we've seen a huge increase in terms of the engagement.
1: Uh, yeah, um, social media has gone up a lot this year we we love talking to you guys like we love talking to and with you guys about with an aflw obviously we're two mates who talk to each other about this almost on a daily basis um be it in a chat or over the phone or on this podcast but the fact you guys are engaging with us we love it so we just want to say thank you um we'll have a we'll have a post on our socials on the 31st to say thank you properly but just yeah we love doing this we're two mates who love doing this more than i personally just more than about anything in the world but um we just can't thank you enough. If you know a Hawthorne fan, Hawthorne AFLW fan, get them on, get them here, get them talking to us. We want to talk to as many Hawthorne AFLW fans as possible, connect them to the club a little bit when we can, but mainly just lead a fan discussion about this Hawthorne AFLW team and really work to grow the competition. one little personal reflection quickly is the unlikely alliance with a with a few Geelong fans over at the Chaps Chat Cats, fiercely aligned in terms of our mission of their to grow the AFLW. So... As much as we're rivals on the field, and to an extent off it as well, um, but working with them as well to try and promote the W, just such, such great work they do. So as much as you guys can stomach Geelong work, go have listen to them as well.
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of uh, fanfare in terms of the AFL W, which is wonderful, which is what we want to see. You know, be it Hawthorne supporters who are jumping onto our socials, be it Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and talking to us at Soaring to New Heights, or be it, uh, through other forums and other medium as well. I think it's wonderful that the mm-hmm. AFLW is starting to get the exposure and the recognition that it deserves because these players, Liam, they train incredibly hard. They're professional players who at the same time uh, are trying to play professional football while having to have two, three, four other careers uh, to be able yep. to make it you know, viable. And they're doing a tremendous job. And you know, we thank every single person uh, at the Hawthorne AFLW team, but the players, the coaches management, uh, the boot stutter, oh. you name it, you know, we, we certainly appreciate every single person who's there because uh, without you and without the hard work that you go through each and every week throughout the year, we wouldn't have a podcast to talk about.
1: Yep. But we I wouldn't give this up for the world, mate. So. And to you as well, thank you. Like, we're not done here. We'll be back next year, obviously, bigger and better. But thank you for everything as well. I couldn't think of anyone better to do this with. I can't think of many things. I love doing more. But this has been our year in review, and I'll let
0: you sign us off. Absolutely. So if you haven't already liked us on our socials, be it Twitter and Instagram at HFC Saw or Facebook, Soaring to New Heights, please make sure to do so. Also, if podcasts are your thing, make sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider. Click that little bell at the top. that alerts you to any of the Soaring to New Heights content that comes out. There's a great back catalog that you can go back and listen to, be it the bench episodes where we recap, over each of the weekly games, but our weekly player interviews that we've had. We've got the interviews that we had with Peter Williams from rookie me and the lead up to the draft as well that are great listens to. So there's a fair bit in terms of our back catalog to go back and listen to that'll tide you over until at least the VFLW season starts up.
1: Yeah. And we'll be covering that. Don't you worry. So this may be our final episode for the year, but as we said, we will be back bigger and better than ever in 2024. If you know a Hawthorne AFLW fan and you don't think they know about us, Get us on, get get them onto us because we can guarantee, not really, um, that they will enjoy this content because we are Hawthorne. we are your one stop shop for all things women's footy, in the brown and gold. The VFLW is coming soon. We will be all over that like a cheap suit. We at Talking Hawks, we also apply a bit of our trade over there. Timmy has some terrific interviews going out there at the moment. We may be coming into the depths of the off season for men and women, but content is not stopping here or there. Tim, do you have anything else before we say? Thank you very much for a great year. I will actually mention one more thing. There will be a couple of posts on New Year's Eve, one thanking you guys and one giving you all the timestamps you need so you can start your new year off right with a Hawthorne AFLW win.
0: There we go. For all those people who that don't is, have that kids. That is
1: homework assigned to me by the club, by the way.
0: <laughs> for all those people who don't have kids, you know that's something you can certainly uh, stay up and watch. If you do have kids, you'll be like me and you'll be in bed by nine o'clock on New Year's Eve because uh, children don't understand, Liam, that the next day that uh, they're allowed to have a sleep in. They'll be up at 5, five 30, six o'clock, you name it, they'll be up and doing it. Uh, just in terms of uh, things that, you know, I guess to keep a look out. Uh, we're currently looking and exploring into possibly uh, trying to sponsor a player for next season. Uh, so that's something that we're trying to, to get on board with in terms of that because we think it's a wonderful way to be able to give back to the club that gives to us on a weekly basis in terms of that. So uh, keep an eye out for that might be through storing to new heights we might be able to amalgamate with uh, a few other different groups but we'll uh, we're certainly looking into that to see whether or not that's something that we can make a viable option for next year because we know some people have asked us about uh, being involved in player sponsorship and the, the player sponsorship certainly goes about helping the players to be able to perform week in and week out
1: yep we'll look into that we'll talk about that you we might you'll probably hear about that a lot later on if we get onto that so let's wrap this up and go to bed
0: <laughs> that's it So this has been Soaring to New Heights. This is our year in review. Thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. Until next time, go the Hawks.